Hello, and welcome to Teacher Tales, a podcast from the spirit of teaching. This is your host, Linda Markley, and I invite you to join me and my guests as we get curious, explore, discover, and learn more about what is really at the heart of teaching. In each episode, we will hear the story of a teacher, what called them to teach, what are their greatest joys and challenges in teaching, what inspires them, and what are their hopes, dreams, and vision for the education of children. We will learn more about the greatest lessons they have taught and also the greatest lessons they have learned. No checklists, no standards, no reports, no paperwork, and no data. Just stories from their hearts to our hearts on a journey to celebrate what really matters in the true spirit of teaching. Welcome back everyone to Teacher Tales. And I want to welcome you to hear a very special guest today, very uplifting and and positive, inspiring teacher. And so I'm going to let him introduce himself and we'll get started with his teacher tale. Hello, everyone. Uh, First of all, Linda, thank you very much for allowing such a platform to take place. I am excited to be with you uh, this afternoon. Um, I am Tracy Rucker. I am a French teacher here in Louisville, Kentucky. I um, am in, I'm in my 27th year teaching and I am excited more so than ever to uh, join you this afternoon because I have uh, to talk, to, I'm excited to talk to you about my journey as a language teacher, as well as the continuing journey that is um, going into uh, really soon the 30 mark. So I wanna talk about why I became a language teacher and I am excited to share this information with you. Um, so let's start at high school. Teachers, for me, played a pivotal role. What did they do? They listened. They were quasi parents. They genuinely showed that they cared about me and about the students that were around me. Next, I surrounded myself in in high school around positive individuals. I knew that I wanted to come out of the projects of Atlanta shining like a new penny. And teachers helped me tap into that innate desire to do better. Teachers are griots, G-R-I-O-T-S. Ah, griots tell stories. Our stories are not singular, rather. They are multifaceted. And throughout the process of teachers telling stories, I was empowered. And after graduating from my high school in Georgia, I went to the University of the South where I actually knew at that time, after my second year, that teaching was in my career. Now, many of you might be shocked. I only wanted to teach for five years. Well, if you do the math, that just did not happen. So after my second year of tutoring French students at the University of the South, as part of my work study program, yeah, I felt empowered by the experience of helping others understand poetry from other centuries. That was it. When I knew that I could explain Le Dormeur du Val to a student who had no idea what was going on, I knew it was there. And it was something that I wanted not only to cherish, but to 
circumnavigate. Inner, excuse me, innate curiosity coupled with grit took hold and led me into the classroom. And it was really throughout those moments as time evolved that I realized, you know what? I am passionate about what I'm doing. And I'm also good at it. <laughs> <laughs> we all have to feel some sort of success, right? That, um, That's right. That we're, what we're doing, we're on the right path. And, and even when we get detoured, sometimes, not sometimes, always, life kind of just pushes us back on the path and That's we right. just keep going. We know what we're meant to do. We know what our purpose is. So we talked a little bit earlier about how this is your 27th year and yes. you it's been a struggle from the pandemic and a lot of teachers are leaving the profession yes. because they have lost that passion. They've lost yes. the energy and so can you talk a little bit about what's keeping you in the classroom now um, oh, and absolutely. keeping you from leaving uh, your, <laughs> your, your precious path and yes. you know, going somewhere else? Oh, absolutely. You know, Linda, that is a wonderful question uh, or a wonderful challenge. It's all about joy. Um, when I walk into my classroom, I take a pause and then I take the pulse of my students. And it's at that moment that I realize what that class is going to be like. If you think about that for a moment, that's powerful because when you realize that your best laid plans may or may not work, it's those moments that where we decide at, on the spot, all right, I'm gonna run with this. <laughs> I'm gonna run with this moment. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna live in this moment. Also for me, when I think about the impressionable young people that are waiting for me, right? To bring my A game, joy has to abound. There is no other energy there. They didn't come to see another teacher. Whether they like me, love me, or dislike me, they are there. And we're going to take advantage of those moments. It's about creating moments. I want to make sure that I'm focused on fostering an inclusive community where everybody feels seen and respected. That's so crucial. Belonging is important. It's about building on the moment and saying, I'm here and this is collective. This is a co-created space. You are safe here. And I, as a teacher, want to feel safe here as well. And for me, that's what I think of when I am in my car going in every morning, not to work, but to school. And if we really were to go slightly more in depth into the conversation of what keeps me going is three facets. Number one, when weaker students make progress, I feel great. Why? It is because students are showing what they can do at the moment 
with the language skills that they have now acquired. And if that's conjugating the verb être correctly, that's what that means, you know? Or if it's really putting together a 10 word sentence that they could not put together last week, that's what that means. The kid has made progress. Acknowledge it and then turn around and say, now that you've made progress, let's keep it moving. The second part of this is that when intermediate students internalize new connector words, reflexive verbs, and powerful verbs, I am emerging because they have made deeper connections, you see? And then finally, the third part of this is that when, when intermediate, mid to high proficiency level students are able to circumnavigate deeper culture via a variety of audiovisual texts, your heart is overjoyed. So you've now heard me say the word joy several times. That's what keeps me going. Because when I walked back into my classroom after the numerous months during the pandemic, and I saw that my classroom, along with the classrooms that I passed, represented a time warp, I was moved. And I said, oh, as I looked at the date March 13th on my board in late September, right? I was like, okay, I still, I'm still in the game. I am in the game. And that just led me to say, you know what? It is not, I am not retiring. I am not gonna do it. I'm still pretty healthy. I still absolutely love what I do. And I am always exhausted at the end of the school day. Those three characteristics, Say to me, Tracy Rucker, you're still in the game. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I love your concept of the present moment. We talk about that a lot in the spirit yes. of teaching. That is, I think, one of the key you know, factors about maintaining that spirit and teaching, uh, meeting the students where they are. And I love I'm making a connection between what you said about teaching in the present moment and how surreal it was for you to go back into the school after the pandemic and everything shut down and was frozen in time, you know, like, I mean, if we could all look at teaching like that, that we have this opportunity, we have this moment right here and now, what are we going to do with it? Yes. And, um, and not, and so much of teaching is looking in the past, how they sure. performed last year. What yes. did they get on this standardized test last year, you know, yes. and then projecting yes. into the future of yes. what, what, what can I do to have them do better this time? Or yes. are they going to still do the same things and still quote unquote fail and all of yes. this? We focus so much and on the past and the future and mm -hmm. in teaching instead of the present moment and where the kids are here and now. I think that's been a big lesson from the pandemic. I also have had a very spiritual journey and you study anything about spirituality and that's what it yes. tells you is that we have to let go of the past and we can't keep yes. projecting into the future because we'll never find true happiness. The true happiness it. and joy, like you said, is in mm. the present moment. You described it beautifully, beautifully. Yes. So, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. So, so Let's go a little bit deeper with that for new teachers, sure. because you okay. have a lot of really good um, advice for new teachers, because sure. here you've, you said you thought 
five years, I'm out of here. And now here you are at 27. So you, um, you clearly have learned some things that you can pass on. And that's what passion is. I pass yes. on, I pass yes. on, I'm going to pass this on Absolutely. to new teachers so you can keep sure. them going. So what do you have to yes. say to new teachers? Well, first of all, I, I just have to make a joke. It is so amazing what time does for us because I'm in my 27th year, but I'm only 35 years old. <laughs> <laughs> okay. New teachers, you know, we were all there at some point. Linda has been teaching and I still am in the game. New teachers, I have 10 things to say to you. 10 things. Okay. Number one, know your students. Um, number two, create pathways for community. Number three, engage with the students. Number four, Give a lot of yourself. Number five, establish routines. Number six, this is a big one. Diversify your curriculum in ways that meet the needs of your learners. Ooh, that's big. Number seven, meet students where they are. Another big one. Yeah, that's huge. You see, I'm naturally pausing here. All right, number eight, three R's. Reboot, reflect, revise. Number nine, have go-to strategies. And number 10, be your authentic self. And I'll talk more specifically about several of these. The number one thing that we can do to create community is to know our students. During our first weeks of school, we need to set the tone to stay in the target language, but not just teacher to student or student to teacher, but also student to student. That's the hard one, you know. Um, I'm gonna share a couple of strategies that work. Using car talk, the first day letter, and the what's up strategies will contribute to community. The what's up strategy. This is when you walk around the room and you ask each student quite enough, What's up? You ask that question and you insist upon a response. It can be a short response. It could be a mediocre response. It could be a very well-developed response. It doesn't matter. Insist on a response, but listen to them because you're going to turn around and use what they say. So if the student says, oh, I went to the basketball, basketball game last night and we lost, continue to talk about basketball. You are now creating community. The second one is to ask for a first day letter in English. I ask my students, all of them, all levels, um, I ask my students to write a letter in English. That, and in that letter, I ask them to tell me as much about themselves as they want me to know. And the third thing is use car talk. Uh, car talk is where you produce, um, uh, you give the students a card, uh, like an eight and a half by uh, 11 piece of cardstock. You ask them to write um, a line straight down the middle and a positive sign and a negative sign on, on either side of that line. And you ask them to produce images that spark a positive emotion for them on the positive side. And you ask them to produce images that spark a negative response. So for me, on my negative side of the card, I would have a, a snake. I would have um, a cliff. I would have a spider because those things spark negative responses for me. 
However, on the positive side, I'm gonna have an airplane. I'm gonna have a big piece of chocolate cake and I'm gonna have a cappuccino because those are the images that spark positive emotions in me. You would be amazed what students will share with you. And new teachers, use car talk to get the conversation going. The other big thing that I talked about is being yourself, giving a lot of yourself. So when we ask students to share pictures uh, that, that they enjoy seeing, we too need to participate. We need to show students a lot of pictures of our family, of our cats. Like my cat is the most popular cat on campus, right? Because I talk about Valentino all the time and everybody knows Valentino, even the students that don't teach me. Mr. Rucker, how's Valentino? Well, he's fine. Yeah, I took him to the vet last week and he's 12 pounds <laughs> and he's 16 years old and blah, 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 blah. But when we open those pathways to communication, we are really creating community because that's gonna be how we establish those routines. And now I wanna talk about diversifying the curriculum. I absolutely mean that in the biggest way. You have to get away from just talking about the most obvious part of culture. So I'm a French teacher. If, if I wanted to talk about food, the, the biggest topic that I could talk about is a baguette with um, an espresso, right? And no, you wanna talk about food from other parts of the Francophone world first, because they students will not know most of the time, anything about that. So diversifying the curriculum means instead of talking about Marie and Paul and Jacques and Jean-Jacques, we bring in names from the other parts of the French speaking world. Amadou, okay, uh, Innocent. You know, we bring in other parts of the French speaking world or Hispanic cultures, just so that we demystify, demystify the cultural lens and when we start from the angle of culture, we're going to get into vocabulary. And then we're going to make the connections with the grammar that holds the conversation together. But we have to start from the vantage point of culture because the end goal is communication as well as global awareness. And you know, I'm just gonna say it. I happen to be a black man, right? I love myself. And my perspectives are very different from many people. But here's my point. When we be our authentic self, we are being seen, we are being heard, and we're also reflecting on the perspectives that we bring to the table. And the final little strategy here is reboot, reflect, revise, regardless of which order you put those in, it doesn't matter. So when you complete a lesson, reflect, ask your students, what did you get out of this? Be willing to understand that students will say negative things. This sucked, This was, maybe that needs to be edited. Um, <laughs> this was not good, this was not good. Um, but they are gonna, they need those opportunities to reflect. All right, and when they reflect upon an activity, they then give you some formative feedback so that you can reboot the activity the next time so that you as a teacher can revise what you planned, all right, for that class. And so new teachers, I just remember my first year teaching when I had a great mentor who still is a mentor today. He's, old, he's over 80 years old, wonderful man. And 
one of the things he said to me was expose your students to cultures and everything else will fall into place. So I hope I answered that question. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. Very well, very well. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so you have been um, selected as Teacher of the Year for oh, the yes. Kentucky World Language Association. And so we want to congratulate you on that. It's very well deserved. Thank you. So um, maybe this is a little prep work for your interview for um, the next level in the process of Teacher of the Year. Um, how do you hope to inspire and help other teachers as, you know, a person who has been recognized and maybe even talk a little bit about what the Teacher of the Year program does for teachers? Um, sure. Like, it's not just about I have something else I can put on my resume or, uh, you know, because there, there can be a lot of negative um, perspectives on teacher of the year and stuff like that. So what, what do you want to bring to the table and tell us about teacher in the, of the year and what it means to you and what you absolutely. hope to do with that? Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Well, first of all, thank you for the congratulations. I, um, I look at awards in the following way. I think they, number one, validate us. Um, but more importantly, more, more importantly, awards of this type encourage us to stay in the game. I am a very upbeat person who has always just worked hard. And I want to make sure that I use this platform to encourage teachers, new teachers, teachers who are in the middle of their career and teachers who are towards the end of their career. I wanna encourage everyone. I want everyone to hear me clearly. I am about inclusion. That also means diversity, but it, inclusion in the big sense of the word. I want to use this platform, if you will, to show teachers really how to create or foster maybe, maybe foster is a better word. How do we foster a true inclusive environment in our classes. And I'm gonna throw something out here um, that is really important. What is the use of language in our classrooms? Language can be a beautiful conduit for opening pathways to communication and sharing with students and learners from all over the diaspora. However, language can be a tool for discrimination. Ooh, interesting. So this is what I'm working on. I wanna work on creating the best portfolio in which or through which teachers from all parts of the teaching profession can say, yeah, this is it. This is what I'm hearing from this young man, right? I wanna make sure that I show how to use language as a tool to demystify, okay, cultural lenses that restrict the opening of pathways to communication. And when we look at this, this is actually pretty straightforward. I wanna focus on global awareness and a growth mindset. And when we focus on those two big topics, everything else falls into place. What does uh, the platform of Teacher of the Year 
look like here in Kentucky. I would assume that is similar in other states. Our voices permeate, right, into a larger crowd. Um, many of us are active on Twitter. Many of us are active on Facebook. And so our voices are being listened to on a scale that is probably higher than not, right? Um, but the award is something that I'm really excited about because I know that I have a seat at the table and I want to share my perspectives, whether positive, negative, or neutral, with others' perspectives who may be positive, negative, or neutral. Mm -hmm. And I wanna to say to those people, let's meet in the middle, let's meet somewhere, but at the end of the day, let's demystify difference. Mm -hmm. Power of a language teacher to do that is enormous. Sure. To, yeah, to, like you said, give those different lenses um, mm -hmm. to people through which to look at the world and look at themselves and their place in it. So that's another Absolutely. big message of spirit of teaching. Absolutely. Um, so... Let's talk a little bit about being a person of color as a teacher uh -huh. and a French teacher. Yeah. Um, what perspectives have you um, tried to bring to students and colleagues, maybe administrators, parents, as far as those lenses and what can be like, what strategies, you talked about go-to strategies. So maybe yes. some of the strategies you use to change those lenses to offer, um, to invite others to the table to share their perspectives and such. Oh, so. absolutely. So I've got one thing in particular here that I wanna share. Um, you know, I use picture talk very often as a bridge to communication. And I uh, had parents night this year and um, I use a picture talk with my parents to explain, to, to show them actually how I use that strategy in class. So essentially you take a picture and you talk through it. You just talk about what you observe, what you wonder and what you actually see. And so I have a collection of pictures and many of them are still physical copies but I have a massive collection of pictures that are in a Google folder. So when the parents came in, I paired them up um, with um, someone that they did not come into the room with. And I simply gave them a picture and I said, I would like for you to talk about this picture for two minutes. and Surprisingly, the pictures do not represent France at all. They don't represent France at all. I'm a French teacher. They probably came in getting ready to talk about the Eiffel Tower and the Tour Eiffel and, no, that's the same thing. <laughs> um, yeah. But they were talking about fufu, or no, falafel. Fufu, falafel. They were talking about plantains. They were talking about grilling plantains. They were talking about women who were carrying baskets on, on their heads. They were talking about the difference between um, several types of housing in Africa. Parents were going deeper into the conversation without realizing that it was completely deliberate on my part, because that's my experience with the students. And so when I talk about diversification of culture and content, this is actually what I'm talking about. In my classroom, you're gonna see a whole lot of student work instead of these um, posters that one can buy on different sources. 
you're going to see students engaging in picture talk because I have um, those pictures all around the room. And you're going to have students really uh, engaging in an activity that I call flag it. And this is an activity I love. Flag it is really a, an activity that allows students to take a flag from any part of the world, not necessarily Francophone world, interculturality is what I'm after here. So I have a collection of flags from around the world. And the activity is simple. Research for 10 minutes, five aspects of culture that you are interested in as a student in this class. That's it. You give them those 10 minutes to research right there. Now, let's share out either in writing as a, a partnered activity, sort of turn and talk, or as a group activity where volunteers, you're always after 50, volunteers um, talk about what they found in that 10 minutes of research. So those are two clear activities that I wanted to get in there, two strategies. Um, from there, you bring in culture as much as you possibly can and you talk about it because it is all about exposure. And in going back to my mentor when I first started teaching who said to me, you have to expose the students to language and culture. I actually say you have to expose students to cultures and languages. So mm -hmm. I've, that's my spin on it. Mm -hmm. And if we're, to, you know, there are people that listen to that are not language teachers. Uh -huh. um, I have, we've had other guests on that talk about this same sort of thing. So their curriculum, they're an elementary school teacher, they're teaching all of the content areas, but you can diversify your um, content, you know, find some books and do some, you know, readings that are diversified from different countries, different cultures, different perspectives, right. uh, et cetera. And in the same thing, in high school, whether you're an English teacher or a math teacher, I, I you know I knew math teachers that had uh, the students research a famous mathematician, have a yeah. diversified list of those mathematicians, not just mm -hmm. from English speaking countries, et cetera. Uh, sure. So yeah, how, being able to do that is a, you know, that's how we would translate it maybe into other classrooms because mm -hmm. it's culture is about products, practices and perspectives. So. Sure be very deliberate and very yes. wise in what you choose as your product yes. and the lenses you uh, present to them or allow them to use to look at perspective yes. or practices and perspectives. So, Absolutely. you know, my daughter who teaches fourth grade, she does that. She does it every yes. Wednesday. She calls it Awareness Wednesday and she uses diverse uh, books to, right. and just, she has cards that just ask questions like, who in the story does not have power? Who in the story uh -huh. does have power? What do these people look like? You know, yeah. where are they from? The same things we do in language classes. And I mean, for me, I'm like, I take those things for granted, but um, because I think it's like the way everybody is teaching, but it's not necessarily yeah. the case. And the That's more right. prescriptive the district gets about I have a friend who's an English teacher and she's like, we are being told we have to use these pieces of literature that are classics that are, you know, written way long ago, 
by sometimes a bunch of white people that nobody can yeah. relate to now and everything. Sure. And she's like, I want to choose. I want yes. choice. I want to be yes. able to, I want to be able to have, you know, some choices about what I do. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, so. If, if you will, if you will allow me to interject, I have a short little story here. Yes. I remember like yesterday in, or not yesterday, but two days ago in class, uh, one of my students asked me whether I like Shakespeare. And I said, no. <laughs> I said, I can't relate to most of that, right? But um, I then told the story of how my French teacher in college went out to her bookshelf and she is French from, uh, I can't remember the region, um, but she's French, she's a native speaker. And um, she went out to her bookshelf and she pulled off a, a book called The Stranger, Etranger, you know? Mm-hmm. And she said, Tracy, I want you to read this book. And I just looked at her thinking, I can't read French. You know, I'm only my second year of college. What are you thinking about lady? But I read it and this is what I'd like to say about this. I, from the very first page fell in love with the structure of that book. I could relate to so much of it. And it was a, it was a pleasure to read it. And that brings me to my point, relatability all right, is so incredibly important. Mm-hmm. I, as a little black boy, could not relate to um, many things um, that I viewed French, right? Um, and I don't want to offend anybody, but I couldn't, couldn't relate to it. The moment I understood why so many people of color speak French, the moment I understood why so many people of color speak French, I was sold, you know, and I could relate then on a deeper level when I understood that Josephine Baker, you know, an expatriate lived in France, that uh, so many other people uh, that I kind of was reading about lived in France. I was like, okay, there's a little, there's a nice level of relatability here. So anytime we think about demystifying our curriculum and diversifying our curriculum, which are not the same thing, um, we have to think about what the kids can relate to. And if I, you know, Shakespeare um, in my English class in college, uh, that went over that went over my head. There was nothing I could relate to. I was just reading something that just was like, okay, I'm reading this so I can pass your test. This has has nothing to do with. You haven't said one thing that relates to me, but when I saw myself speaking this language through the eyes of others that kind of looked like me, I was so empowered. And the very first time I spoke to a person of color in French and I understood what I was doing was a moment of pure joy. And I must say that my French teacher in high school, Madame Miller is uh, an African-American lady, black lady that, speaks French beautifully. And this is why I got interested in it. So I had to get that little piece in as well because the award that I have and the fact that I've done 27 years of teaching, all of that would not have been possible had not Madame Miller said, you can do it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've heard people say before and I've always been quite moved by it that when you win an award or you uh, go before to present as a representative of you know your profession in in an award situation. You're bringing with you all the people that have 
you've met along the way and that you have um, had, uh, you know, an influence from or an impact from and those that you've had an impact and influence on. So we take our stories, we take our experiences, we take all of who we are. um, And it's ever changing because with every experience and every step forward, we're, we're growing that growth mindset mindset again. Yeah. So we are all griots at heart. We are exactly. all griots. And that's why I started this interview talking about griots. Uh-huh. Yes. 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 That is perfect. That was like a perfect lesson. We like tied it all <laughs> up and returned to, you know, the main idea and what we started with. And so now yes. I think we need to move on to the end part, which is just sure. complete the thought your perspective, whatever you think, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just, it's just part of what you've learned in your journey. Okay. Okay. All right. So finish this, the, the sentence, it can be one word, many words, whatever. Teaching, teaching is. Acting because every day is like a day where you have to step onto a stage and you perform with stilettos and with your A game. My greatest joy in teaching comes from Mm. seeing students interact with language and deep culture. Mm. My greatest challenge as a teacher is Finding relevant information, excuse me, finding relevant text and being able to diversify them in a way that captures interest amongst students. Mm-hmm. It's like a million and one ways to, you know, introduce all these different students to this uh-huh. one text. You yeah. know, that's differentiation, you that's know, a, which is absolutely. a challenge. <laughs> a lot of lesson plans in one. Yes. Um, to teach elementary school. And uh, with the little kindergartners and first graders, I was like, my lesson plan for the day is 101 ways to teach the color rouge. <laughs> or rope. Wow. <laughs> you have to be creative for that. Teachers require that, creativity. Yeah, yeah. That's absolutely right. Yeah. All right. Uh, last one. My hope for all children is. It's like a prayer. And my hope is that all individuals will embark on a journey that leads at whatever point, right, to cultural understanding and global awareness. You are a true language teacher. Yeah, Yeah, that's what we're trying to achieve every day in the classroom. Every single day. Not just language teachers, it should be all teachers, you know, we have to help kids see their place in the world and um, how they're going to contribute as they continue their journey. So yes, and you know our vantage point as a world language teacher is such that this is natural juice for us. Mm-hmm. It is. Well, thank you for all the inspiration, and we wish you bonne chance in the next Merci. step of your um, your teacher of the year journey. And um, we thank Merci. you, like I said, for all the inspiration and and 
And I said earlier, if this were on Oprah and I were Oprah, family, you know, I would yeah. be, I would have been saying all along, this is a tweetable moment. Tweet, tweet, this tweet, This is a tweet. tweetable moment, yes. Yeah. I, I hope that lots of tweets will come out of this. <laughs> I hope so, too. I hope so. Hello again, everyone. This is your host, Linda Markley. And I'd like to invite you to nominate a teacher to be a guest on the podcast and to share their story. All you have to do is go to www.spiritofteaching.org and fill out the nomination form. Again, that's www.spiritofteaching.org. Also, please share, rate, and give some feedback to help us better serve you in the spirit of teaching. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to having you back next time on Teacher Tales.